just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It is a Wednesday. And you're probably saying to yourself, yeah, Mike, okay, you're late. You're late. This is later than you normally provide your podcast. And you're right. And I'll explain to you why. It was about midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning when I normally record these shows last night. And we got a fucking hell of a storm. Still no problem. I don't mind the sounds in the back. But I lost electric power. Now, it flickered a couple times and then came back on. And then it went completely dark at around 1230 or so. And I thought, well, I'll just wait this out a little bit. It'll pop back on. One o'clock doesn't pop back on. That point, I said, fuck it. I'm going to go to bed. I'll get up tomorrow and I'll do the podcast then. Now, I get up this morning and my wife has got some plans that she's going to do. So I have to help her get ready for it. So here I am right at this point. We're at about noon on Wednesday, which is about 12 hours later than I would normally do the podcast. So I apologize, but I have a good excuse (laughs) and I have a way to make it up to you, too. You see, prior to the storm and the outage, I did another podcast. I recorded a podcast with... uh, Two folks that have been on the show before, Jen and Ted. Jen is a nurse. Ted is part of the clergy. Interesting show. Now, after I do this podcast, I will edit that one, put it up shortly after I put this one up. So you will have two podcasts today. Yet, we're late. I'll admit we're fucking late, but I'm giving you two. So take that for what it's worth. Anyway, I wanted to talk about something else. You know, I do TikToks, have done for a long time. I'm fortunate to have a number of followers on TikTok, and I appreciate each and every one of them. Now, I've had a strategy where I block every Trump fuck. And some people agree with that, some people disagree. But the reason I do it is because of the security of my account. These guys, these trolls have come out and mass reported people and tried to shut them down and was successful in some situations. I never really had that problem. Every once in a while, a video of mine would be taken down. I'd uh, resubmit it. I'd appeal it. It'd come back up. All was cool. And that only happened every once in a while when a troll did finally slip through. Well, just the other day, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. I got two videos taken down, and they weren't the current videos. They were a little older videos, and they were taken down for hateful speech, hate speech, and bullying. Neither was accurate. What I do on TikTok is pretty much the same thing. Yes, I swear, and yes, I speak my mind, but I don't get too crazy. So a Trumplican obviously got in and complained about those two videos. So I appealed both of them. At this point, I think one has been brought back. The other, I'm not so sure about. I'll have to check that. But what disturbed me about that whole process was now I get a notification from LinkedIn and says, you know, you're getting too many of these complaints. And if you get one more complaint, we could do something. 
<laughs> now, they didn't say they would do something. They didn't say what they would do. They said, we could do something. So this is something that they're trying to, I don't know, intimidate me with. Okay, it's your fucking platform. Do whatever the fuck you want. But here's the deal. Here's what I don't understand. I've got these various and sundry videos taken down. I've appealed every one of them. And 99.99% of them have been restored. So the claim that I committed some infraction was unjustified. That's how I would see it. At least by TikTok, they said, yeah, you're right. That's not a problem. I'm putting it back up. But still, somehow, the number of complaints, even though they have been proven wrong and weren't justified, they still count against me. So you get a certain amount of complaints, whether they are legitimate or not, and then they can try to limit what you're doing. Now, I fucking hate that. Anybody tells me what I can and can't do, I don't like that shit a bit. And I have to explain to you, I did a TikTok, and it'll be interesting to see how that gets received, but I did that today after all of this shit. But here's the thing you have to understand. I did the TikTok for one reason. The reason I started TikTok a year and eight months ago or whatever it was, uh, was to build a big enough audience to ultimately get them to come to the podcast. They were a means to an end. Well, now in the process of doing TikToks, I've got a large number of followers, 165,000 or thereabouts. So these people have committed to follow me, so I have to continue with my commitment to provide them with the content that I've always provided. So I'm not going to bail on TikTok. I will continue to do what I can and protect myself the best I can. But if something should happen on TikTok where they try to ban me or fuck around with me or whatever, that's fine. Because I'm more content with what's happening here on the podcast. And by the way, if you can't see my TikToks on TikTok, you can see them on Rational Boomer Instagram and Rational Boomer Facebook. So it's not like they can shut me down. Now, even Facebook and Instagram could shut me down if they wanted to, but they can't shut me down here. So fuck them. This was the end goal, the podcast, to get as many people listening to the podcast as possible. This is where I feel the most comfortable. This is what I'm used to doing. So that's what we're going to do. But if you're a follower on TikTok, I want you to understand, I'm going to keep doing things the way they do, the way I do them. And if they shut me down, they shut me down. I don't fucking care. I care about this podcast and the people who listen to the podcast. So I appreciate that you've made the step from TikTok or Instagram and come to this podcast. That counts a lot to me, and I appreciate it. So that's where we are on that. Enough of cleaning up uh, old business or new business or whatever the fuck. So let's get into it. I have a uh, an email coming from Joe C. Now, Joe C. was also a guest on the show, very intelligent, articulate guy. I had a great time talking to him, and I know you all enjoyed it. He says, hi, Mike. I'm still enjoying your podcast and other videos on TikTok and Facebook. I'm curious, Joe, that word still, why is that in there? <laughs> I'm still enjoying your podcast or other videos on TikTok and Facebook because you're a dick. <laughs> I don't. I'm just fucking with you, Joe. You can say it any way you want. But that that's the immediate thing that stood out to me. Still. 
in spite of. What are you still watching in spite of? Like I said, Joe, I'm fucking with you. That's what I do with people I like. Anyway, he goes on to say, I also appreciate your positive attitude about Trump eventually getting the punishment he deserves. Every time a new Trump allegation is uncovered, I can't help but wonder how the DOJ can possibly keep up with this this career criminal. They must be running out of resources. So while we all want Trump indicted now, we must keep in mind that the DOJ is attempting to do a thorough investigation that results in a conviction, while not just pandering to those of us who just want to see something happen now. Well put. That approach would most likely create holes in the case and that any criminal attorney could exploit. Thanks again for your rational approach to these things. I think our patients will be rewarded. Have an awesome day and keep up the great work, Joe C. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for being a guest on the show. Hopefully you will be a guest again on the show. You did a great job. And he's right. You have to understand what's going on with Donald Trump is so elaborate. There's so much shit there and they have to get it right. I mean, over and above all the criminality and all the corruption, you've got a guy who's a former president. To indict a former president is unprecedented. It's never happened. So everything has to be absolutely right. And that's what Merrick Garland is doing. Fortunately, we are seeing some movement with grand juries and indictments and all that stuff. We just heard that Pat Cipollone, who spoke to the January 6th committee, has now been subpoenaed by the DOJ. Now, Pat Cipollone won't really have an opportunity to not go or to be closed mouth about a lot of things. The only thing he could possibly do is plead the fifth. And I know a lot of people think you plead the fifth and that's a get out of jail free card. It's not. And Pat Cipollone's not going to fucking do that. Now, Pat Cipollone negotiated with the January 6th committee as to what that uh, deposition would be. He doesn't get that option with the DOJ. You sit the fuck down and answer our questions. Now, if he pleads the fifth, that would suggest he is uh, culpable in some of this criminality. He doesn't want that kind of optics out there. He doesn't think he did anything illegal. We don't know that for sure. But he's not going to admit he's scared of being committed of, or uh, indicted with a crime by saying pleading the fifth. He's kind of an old school lawyer. He'll do what he has to do. Nothing more, nothing less. But what he has to do in front of the DOJ is far more uh, extensive than what he had to do with the January 6th committee. So that will be interesting. Now, here's a good story. People always say to me, what can I do? I can't do anything. I'm just a little guy. And I always say, speak out, protest, do whatever you want. The loud people get the attention, the squeaky wheel, if you will. Now, after a series of Republican-led delays and emotional protest, the Senate on Tuesday night approved a bill that will help veterans exposed to toxic burn pits a measure President Joe Biden intends to quickly sign into law. It's the PACT Act. Remember that? It came to the Senate. They passed it. It went back to the House. They changed a couple little things, and then, and then uh, they sent it back. But in that time, Joe Manchin and, uh, um, and um, Chuck Schumer 
kind of pulled a fast one on the Republicans, and they were pissed, so they thought they would take it out on that veterans bill, which turns out, we knew this, but apparently they didn't know it, that was a bad idea. The Senate began voting on the PACT Act around 5 p.m. with votes on three Republican amendments before a vote on a final passage of the bill, which was 8611. None of the proposed amendments passed. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer on the floor called the passage a wonderful moment, especially for all the people who made this happen. Just before the legislation passed, New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand who would help the, uh, lead the Democratic effort, could be heard as saying, I am so proud to Senate Veterans Affairs Committee Chairman John Tester of Montana. The two embraced in a hug. Now, you remember, Christian Gillibrand is also the one, after it didn't pass, said, this is bullshit. <laughs> a little, little strange coming from a senator, but she was adamant and passionate about this. Every so often, folks, uh, American lives up to its, uh, lives up to its ideals, and those are delays that we savor, Schumer said in a press conference outside the Senate later Tuesday. He was joined by comedian and activist John Stewart, who has become the face of the legislation and other Senate Democrats, as well as GOP Senator Jerry Moran of Kansas. Today, finally, at long last, America lived up to its ideals by saying our veterans who have been exposed to toxic chemicals from perm bits, perm burn pits, we have your backs, Schumer said. While the bill marks a, a major milestone for veterans' health care, Connecticut Democratic uh, Senator Richard Blumenthal called the Department of Veterans to enforce the legislation properly. I have a message to the VA. You better get it right. You better deliver, Blumenthal said. These veterans have waited already too long. The three days here are emblematic of what we need to avoid. Now, we know I'm not a veteran, so I've never dealt with the VA, but I know a lot of people that do deal with the VA, and it is a fucking shit show. And it's always the veteran that gets the short end of the stick. So not only this bill, but we got to straighten out a lot of things in the VA ultimately because we are not taking care of our veterans. Senator Gillibrand was in tears as she celebrated the legislative victory. It's been very hard on them, veterans, to not have their country have their back, not to have their country care enough to make sure they got health care and that, they're, that they've already earned. <clears throat> they were promised this. Two family members of veterans instrumental in passing the legislation also shared remarks um, Rosie Torres, the founder and director of Burn Pits 360, and Susan Zayer, mother-in-law of health of Heath Robinson, who for the bill is named. After days of fiery speeches, Stewart had a fairly few words following the successful votes. I'm not sure I've seen a situation where people who have already given so much had to fight so hard to get so little, he said at the Tuesday night's news conference. And that's and that is a very poignant comment. And I hope we learn a lesson. He was clearly jubilant, smiling widely, and embracing many of the veterans and the families that stood behind the podium. Senator Tester said that he spoke with President Biden following the passage of the legislation. And he said, thank you. This is a big weight off of my shoulders. So you see what happened here. The fucking Republicans folded. 
they weren't thinking about anything but right now. Like I've said, they don't think beyond the end of their nose. All they wanted to do was give it to the uh, Democrats, to own the Democrats. And they didn't care how they did it. But what they did is the big mistake was to take it out on our veterans after claiming to be in so much support for our troops. They had no idea the backlash and the recoil they would get from this sort of thing. And it was incredible. Now, here's the problem with the Republicans. The fact that they turned it down the first time, well, you can't unring that bell. That's always going to be in the veterans' heads. Everybody knows the only reason they ultimately passed it because they got pressure, because they did the wrong thing. The important thing to remember is that the Republicans did the wrong thing. There's a lot of things like this that are falling apart for the Republicans, and we'll get to some others here in the show, um, that really tell me a lot about the midterms. People are taking notice of the inequities, the crimes, the corruption that the Republican Party has uh, thrown upon us, and now they're starting to pay the price. They, I mean, keep in mind, remember, when they didn't pass that bill, what the fuck did they do? They stood on the Senate floor, patted each other on the back, hugged each other, laughed, fish bumped. These people that were in that video, they've got a long way back to rehabilitate themselves. They have been labeled these fucks, and it's going to cost them in the long run. And it's going to cost the Republicans in the fucking long run. All right. The wording of the question was convoluted, but the answer was crystal clear. No. Voters in Kansas on Tuesday, in dramatic numbers and by an overwhelming margin, rejected a ballot measure that would have allowed lawmakers to ban abortion in the state. That's a big deal. We've seen some backlash with protest and such about this overturning Roe v. Wade, but here's Kansas decidedly beating a measure that allowed lawmakers to ban abortion in the state of Kansas. They said no. They not only said no, they said fuck no. This is going to resonate throughout the Republican Party because if this is a signal of what's going to happen in other states in this country, well, the Republicans are fucked. And I think they know they're fucked. They didn't want overturning Roe v. Wade to happen before the midterms, but it did. Now they're stuck with it. They can't say they didn't want it because they've been fighting and campaigning and and, uh, getting donations based on overturning Roe v. Wade. So they fucked around and they got exactly what they wanted. But now they're seeing it may not be a good idea. This is what I'm saying about the Democrats. They make these short-term, short-sighted decisions, and they always get burned. I I don't understand how they're that stupid. Now, as Republican-controlled state legislatures around the country race to outlaw the procedure in the aftermath of the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, traditionally conservative Kansas given the chance to directly respond at the ballot box, denied their own elected leaders. The chance to revoke a right that has broad support across swaths of independent polling. 
See, it goes back to what I said before. There aren't as many Republicans as people think. They try to game the system, but there isn't enough Republicans, and they are fading fast. The Democrats will rise up and shut those motherfuckers down. And guess what? They did it in Kansas. The rejection of the measure highlighted the increasingly stark divide between the activities of Republican state lawmakers, often in legislatures gerrymandered to effectively guarantee GOP control and the political and policy desires of the American voters. In more immediate terms, the ballot measures defeat on a day of extraordinary turnout also provides a clear indication that the desire to defend abortion rights could be a potent issue for Democrats in the coming midterms. Well, this if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. See, that's the thing. In, in a place like Kansas, you can gerrymander the votes so that GOP stays in power. But when you're coming to a general election and a general vote and they don't, the gerrymandering doesn't matter, the fucking Republicans get it shoved in their face. And that's what happened in Kansas. Not only are those Kansas legislators probably embarrassed, <laughs> they got to be thinking. And Republican, state Republicans all around this country have to take note. They have to be thinking about this because this is a bad sign for Republicans. The polling from a variety of sources in unambiguous and consistent across party lines, abortion rights are popular and the Supreme Court's ruling is not. The most recent CNN poll found that 63 percent of Americans disapproved, 51 percent strongly of the court's decision. Uh, The Kaiser Foundation Family Foundation came to a similar conclusion with 61 percent of respondents to their survey saying they wanted their state to guarantee access to abortions. Only 25 percent wanted them to restrict it. So when you have 60 or 63 percent of the voters, not so much Republican and Democrat, of all the voters, you know a large percentage of those have to be Republicans. So as Republican legislators or the Supreme Court, they're trying to shove it down their the mouths of these constituents, but they're saying, no, fuck you, and spitting it in their face. And that's what's going to happen come the midterms. The backlash and its translation to concrete political terms could potentially influence elections in a handful of states this fall, including in liberal states like California and Vermont, where big-ticket results are close to a formality, but the energy of Democrats could tip, uh, could tip races down the ballot. Now, the polling from a variety of sources is unambiguous and consistent, as I said, but it is across party lines. So this is this is a problem for the Republicans. And as I've always said, everybody says, oh, the Republicans are going to win in the midterms. Sure, if this was 1985 and everything was normal, but it's 2022 and it's not fucking normal. The things we are seeing... Um, are unprecedented, far worse than anything we've seen. And people are people, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, if they have a reasonable mind, they'll say, no, wait, that's fucked up. That is absolutely fucked up. No, we're not going to do that. And this is what's going to happen to the Republicans come to the midterms. And it's not just about the anti-abortion or the overruling, overturning of Roe v. Wade. It's going to be about all the January 6th committee stuff that come comes out. Because remember, 
People will want to say that the January 6th committee is biased because there's no Republicans on it. Well, there are two Republicans. It's just not Republicans that the Trump fucks like. So it is bipartisan. But the most important thing isn't who is on the uh, panel or on the committee. It's the Every witness, every shred of evidence that's come out in the January 6th committee has been Republican, not Democrats, not Democrats whining and crying and making threats and making claims. It is Republicans giving facts, absolute fucking facts. And it's impossible to deny that if people who were in the White House around Donald Trump used to support Donald Trump, if they are the ones saying that Donald Trump is a fucking crook, well, how do you deny that? And this is troubling for the Republicans. This first thing in Kansas with them not supporting overturning Roe v. Wade and and making abortion illegal. That's a scary step. That's a positive step for the Repub- or for the Democrats, but scary step for the Republicans. Now they're getting signs that they may be in trouble. I've said that they're going to be in trouble from the beginning. A lot of people said, no, 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 no. Fuck you. The Republicans are in some deep trouble come the midterms. And I love it. And everything they do fucks themselves up more. Uh, like the veterans thing. They thought they were going to make the Democrats look bad. What, in fact, they did is they made themselves look bad. It made them have to backpedal and change their vote. We're going to talk about this later. But we need the Democrats to do something that they're not used to doing. But it really kind of has to do with the killer instinct. The Democrats have to get on the offensive now as opposed to playing defense like they normally do. You've got to take these people who are on the ropes and put them down and put them down permanently. You've got to have a killer instinct. I don't know if the Democrats have the wherewithal to do that, but if there was ever a time for them to do that, now is the time. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So there's a lot of people that have their panties in a bunch because Nancy Pelosi decided to go to Taiwan for a little visit. Yeah, people are very concerned about this. Most of all, the Chinese government. They don't want Nancy Pelosi there. They said if Nancy Pelosi goes to Taiwan, there'll be severe consequences. Okay. Now, the funny thing is, here back in the state, she's getting support from not only Democrats and Republicans. They're saying this is a good thing. This is something she should do. At the same time, I've heard that Joe Biden has told her, look, man, don't go. Don't go. This is real here. (laughs) But she said, fuck it, I'm going anyway. Now, this is where my problem with Joe Biden comes in. He's kind of old school. He's kind of safe. He's not a risk taker. And in the state we're in, in this country, we need to take some risk in order to get out from underneath the bullshit that we're currently under. But Nancy Pelosi went. 
Now, during the historic trip to Taiwan um, uh, today, U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said her visit was intended to make it unequivocally clear that the United States would not abandon the democratically governed island of Taiwan. China responded to Pelosi's trip launching military exercises, which China's Ministry of Defense said began on Wednesday with drills in both the seas and airspace surrounding Taiwan. It's saber-rattling. Taiwan's Ministry of National Defense said 27 Chinese warplanes made incursions into Taiwan's air defense identification zone and 22 planes across the median line dividing the Taiwan Strait on Wednesday, an unprecedented number since Taiwan began publicly releasing information about China's air incursions about two years ago. (laughs) So there's an agreement. Taiwan is separate and alone, and they are democratic. And China doesn't like that. Apparently, Taiwan at one point was part of China, and they feel like China feels like that Taiwan is still part of China, and they want to get them back. Does that story sound familiar? It sounds a lot like Russia and Ukraine, don't you agree? Now, the reason she went to Taiwan, in in spite of the fact that the Chinese don't want her to go, I have a theory on this. And I'll, I, in the next show with Ted and, and Jen, you'll hear me talk about it too. But I think this was very calculated by Nancy Pelosi. The reason that China did not want Nancy Pelosi, the third in line to the presidency of America, they didn't want her to go to Taiwan because it would legitimize Taiwan. And it would make her make it harder for them to do what they want to do by taking over Taiwan. There's a lot of talk that they might try to pull a Russia-Ukraine thing on Taiwan. But it's going to make it harder if Nancy Pelosi goes there and legitimizes them. It's going to paint a different picture around the world. They wanted to do what exactly Russia wanted to do with Ukraine. Just kind of go under the wire, take it over in a couple of days and say, see, it was really ours. So by Nancy Pelosi going, it's throwing a wrench into what China wanted to do. And that's why China is mad. Well, after seeing what Russia did to Ukraine... Seems to me Nancy Pelosi's doing the right thing. It might make China mad, but it may help slow, at the very least, slow their ultimate attack on Taiwan. Now, I've had people come back to me in the comments, so you want to be attacked by China? Let me explain something to you. There is no fucking way that China is going to attack America. They may attack Taiwan, but they've got some problems with that now. But these people, these Trumplefucks will say, you just just egging on China. You want them to attack America. They aren't going to attack, attack America. See, this is, this is what I hate about Trumplefucks. It's as if we're weak and everybody else is stronger than us. That is not the case. China is as worried about us and we can do as much damage to them as they can do to us. It's not going to resort into a nuclear war. Stop that bullshit. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen with Russia. It's not going to happen with China. We just pissed in their fucking Cheerios. Pelosi did by showing up. It's going to make it difficult for them to do what they want to do. 
And I think it was the smart thing to do. It was aggressive. It was assertive. And it was a risk. But if we could save millions of lives, unlike what we did in Ukraine, why the fuck not do it? Because China's not going to do anything really serious. Oh, they're going to, we're going to do drills and we're going to send planes. Yeah, but you're not going to fucking do anything. You're not going to fucking do anything. Because what if we put Taiwan into uh, our group where they're protected? What if we do that? Then China's fucked. So these countries that are aggressive and trying to take over other lands, they're getting pushed back. And I don't know about you, but I think that's part of what fucking America's job is. You want to go impose yourself and oppress other people? No, we're not going to fucking let you do that. We're the bully beaters in this fucking world, and that's where we should be. Unfortunately, when you have a bully that ran this country like Donald Trump, those people got the opportunity to run roughshod over everything. Well, it's a different story now. Donald Trump is wetting his pants down in fucking Mar-a-Lago, and nobody gives a fuck about him. Joe Biden's the president. We've got Democrats in power. And in the midterms, it's going to get worse, China. So you fucking better back off. As the California Democrat departed the island on Wednesday afternoon for South Korea, there were already signs of strains her visit to Taipei. The first by a sitting U.S. speaker in 25 years had a place on Washington's relationship with Beijing, which warned that her trip would have a severe impact on political foundation of China-U.S. relations. Oh, really, China? You don't like the fact that Nancy Pelosi went to Taiwan because it fucking messes up your plans. What about you giving money to Russia to, to try to decimate Ukraine? You haven't given them weapons. You've held back by that. But you've given them a lot of shit, a lot of money. That's cool. But Nancy Pelosi taking a quick vacation in Taiwan is, is, is tantamount to a world war. See, this is the fucking problem. China does a lot of shit. They need to be held in check just as well as the as, uh, the, the, the Russians are. During the Trump administration, these fuckers got away with anything they wanted to do. Now we have to retrain them and say, listen, motherfucker, there's a new sheriff in town. You're not doing this shit anymore or there will be accountability. Because, you see, we can do as much to China as they can do to us. Fuck China. Fuck Russia. If they can't behave, we need to do the things we need to do to put them back in their place. To keep them peaceful and not trying to uh, be tyrants all across this world. China's ruling Chinese uh, Communist Party views Taiwan as part of its territory. Yeah, but it's not. Despite having never controlled it, and has long vowed to reunify the island with the Chinese mainland by force, if necessary. Again, so much like Russia and Ukraine. Pelosi's praise of the island's commitment to democracy was a significant show of support for Taipei, coming just hours after Chinese China threatened to re- retaliate to her presence with a series of military exercises. We're going to have military exercises. <laughs> but see, that's what bullies do. They pose threats. They puff out their chests, but they don't actually fucking do anything because China knows if they do something, the ramifications could be a problem.
Beijing had reportedly warned of dire consequences should the trip go ahead, even going as far as to warn U.S. President Joe Biden that those who played with fire would perish by it. Okay, motherfuckers. Nancy Pelosi was there. Now she's gone. So, as the kids would say, what's up? What you gonna do? Now, I know it sounds like I'm I'm taunting these people. And the fact is, they are just bullies. And bullies hate getting the same <laughs> the, the same response because they don't know what to do with it. They have to appear as the tough guy, the best guy, the strongest guy. And when somebody questions that and proves that they're not, well, then they just fucking shrivel up and die. <laughs> like like uh, George Costanza's uh, <laughs> privates after being in a fucking pool. But the warnings from Beijing and even a suggestion by Biden himself that the U.S. military thought the trip was not a good idea did not dissuade Pelosi, 82, from flying into the island alongside a congressional delegation on Tuesday evening and and meeting with its leading officials. We are proud of our enduring friendship, said Pelosi, speaking alongside Taiwan's president, uh, at, at the presidential office in Taipei the morning of her arrival. Now more than ever, America's solidarity with Taiwan is crucial, and that is the message we are bringing here today. In a statement released Wednesday after she left Taiwan, Pelosi said that her visit should be seen as a strong statement that America stands with Taiwan. Now, people are saying, well, yeah, but Joe Biden told her not to go. (laughs) Yeah, he did. Does that mean he didn't want Nancy Pelosi to go? Not necessarily. Do you think a president of the United States could shut down a Speaker of the House and say, you're not going, just don't go, you're not going, and actually force her to not go? Sure he could. He's the most powerful man in the fucking country. But she went. This is all just, just, I don't know, propaganda or rhetoric, policy, fucking whatever you want to call it. I'm sure Nancy Pelosi sat down with uh, with Joe Biden and said, look, I want to go here. And he's going, well, this could cause some problems, but I understand your point. Yeah, you probably should go. Well, here's the scam. Nancy, you're going to say, fuck it, I'm going no matter what. I'm going to say we recommend that you don't go even though I'm fine with you going. I'm going to recommend that you don't go. So when the China, when China's uh, government, Chi and all these fucks, see that they're mad at Nancy Pelosi about going to Taiwan, and we get what we want by legitimizing Taiwan and throwing, some, uh, throwing a, uh, uh, a wrench in what China wants to do, I'll cover our ass by saying, yeah, I didn't want her to go. Fuck, I didn't want her to go. I guarantee you that's what's happened. Because if Joe Biden didn't really want Nancy Pelosi to go, he could have stopped her. He could have stopped her any number of ways. He wanted her to go. But he wanted the protection, the way to cover the country's ass by saying, well, the president said not to go. What can he do? What can she do? She's the Speaker of the House. I guarantee you that's what fucking happened. So... We'll see what China does. And I'll guarantee you, whatever China does won't amount to a fucking hill of beans. Because that's what bullies do. They make threats. They make claims. They make arguments. But they never back them up. Because those 
those threats will also create some retribution to them, and they don't want to do that. And the idea that this is going to cause a nuclear war with China, that's fucking stupid. Only a trump fuck would say that to me, so I block that motherfucker too. He's probably the one that uh, uh, is uh, taking down my videos. But But the thing is, we have to do something. We have to be aggressive. We can't continue to fuck around and be wimps anymore. All right. Um, there's an order now that will call on health care providers to comply with federal non-discrimination laws and streamline the collection of key data and information on maternal health at the National Institutes of Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The details were described by a senior administration official who spoke on the condition of an anonymity to discuss the executive order that Joe Biden signing today. Biden, who continues to isolate in the White House residence after a rebound case of COVID-19, will sign the executive order as he helps launch a federal task force on access to reproductive care led by Vice President Kamala Harris, the official said. The new order nonetheless falls short of what many Democratic lawmakers and abortion advocacy groups have demanded of the Biden administration since the Supreme Court's decision. One chief ask has been for Biden to declare a public health emergency on abortion, which White House officials have said would do little to free up federal resources or activate new legal authorities. Wednesday's order is the latest in a series of executive actions from Biden administration since the constitutional right to an abortion was eliminated in the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization uh, in June. But you see what's happening. People say, oh, my God, they've overturned Roe v. Wade. What will we do? Well, at this point, there's not a lot we can do, you know, Joe can put out a uh, executive order and such, and that's cool. Uh, but the only thing that's going to reverse this overturning Roe v. Wade is, again, the midterms. We get enough people, enough of a majority in the House and the Senate, making Joe Manchin uh, inconsequential. We can codify Roe v. Wade, then all this bullshit goes away. And I think that's ultimately the plan. We have to live with it for a few months. But once it's over and once the new Senate and the new House takes their seats in January, they can immediately codify Roe v. Wade. That is the fix. And the way that's going to be easier and more likely to happen is exactly what we were talking about at the top of the show. Kansas, a conservative state voted against giving their state legislators the right to outlaw abortion. Again, that's a bad sign for the Republicans and a good sign as to what is to come. As I've said many times, people want it now. They want it fast. They, they want immediate gratification. Well, that's not how it's going to work with the January 6th committee, Roe v. Wade. Donald Trump and the Republicans went in and made a mess of the fucking house. We've got to clean the house, but we can't just snap our fingers. We're, 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 we're not bewitched here. We can snap our fingers and wiggle our noses and the house is clean. 
We're going to have to put in some work. We're going to have to put in some effort. And that means it's going to take time. So you have to be willing to accept a little extra time to get this done. But as we look at what's going on in this country, we can see the tide is turning and it's going more to the left. And these things will ultimately be fixed. Donald Trump, everything he has done has been a waste of time ultimately because it will be changed. Everything the Republicans have tried to do will be exposed, they will be embarrassed, they will lose in the midterms, and all of it will be changed. This is a pivotal moment in this country because all these problems, all this corruption, all this criminality has always been there. But because of Donald Trump and because of the current trump fuck party, all of this has been exposed. It's always been there, but now we see it. So this may be a positive thing. Long it was hidden, there was nothing we could do about it. Now it's exposed <laughs> like, a, like a fucking STD. Now we can medicate it and change it and rehabilitate it and fix it. So ultimately, not now, but ultimately, this may all be a good thing so that we can finally fix things and get back to doing things reasonably and legally. Well, talking about reasonable and legal, this has nothing to do with the next story. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones was repeatedly impeached by attorneys for Sandy Hook parents who are suing him for defamation. He is in court as we speak. At a trial in Texas on Wednesday, Jones took the stand for the second day in his own defense. A jury is being asked to decide how much Jones will have to pay in damages after he was found guilty of defamation. So he's already been found guilty. They're just trying to decide how much. Plaintiff's attorney Mark Bankston asked Jones about his history of calling the Sandy Hook massacre a hoax. Bankston paused after several questions to impeach Jones with videos from his own show. So Alex Jones is lying on on the stand, and then he's being debunked with his own face, his own words on his own fucking videotape. How arrogant and how stupid is that? The attorney then played a clip of Jones speaking on his show. It kind of becomes a red herring to say the whole thing was staged because they have staged events before, the conspiracy theorist said in the clip. They get caught using blue screens. Yeah, so Sandy Hook is a synthetic, completely fake, with actors, in my view, manufactured. Jones continued, I knew they had actors there clearly, but I thought they killed some real kids. Wow. See, the funny thing about Alex Jones, he's in court. And while he's in court, he's making statements like the judge is corrupt. If you've seen the clips, the judge is hammering this fuck. (laughs) She explained to him, just because you believe it's true doesn't mean it's the truth. And that's the problem with Republicans and Trump and and narcissists. They think if it comes out of their mouth, it is absolutely spoken directly from Jesus, but it's not. They're so arrogant, so narcissistic, they don't see it. So the interesting thing is he could um, end up having to pay $150 million. It's a lot of money. But then this dumb, arrogant fuck goes on his own show and says, look, I'm going to file bankruptcy. Then I'll only be liable for half of it. And then I'll tie it up in the courts for years. (laughs) 
He thinks he can game the judge. He thinks he can say it out loud and the judge won't hear it and that he won't be punished because he knows how to game the system. Well, something I think he's forgetting. This is a civil case. The judge can award a penalty of $150 million. That's what they are asking. And he's all excited. Well, I can just cut that in half and tie it up for years. Yeah. Well, what he doesn't, he fails to remember is that the judge doesn't like you or think this is more egregious than it is or disrespecting the court as he is. You know, the judge doesn't have to stay in lines with that $150 million. If she thinks he's already thought he gamed the system to cut it in half, she could easily say, you know what, I'm not going to... uh, fine you with $150 million. I'm going to go with $300 million, which <laughs> fucks up everything that, uh, that Alex Jones did. See, this is the stupidity of it. I understand his game. I understand his strategy. But if I'm in that position, don't say that shit out loud until after the decision is made. Because now you have a judge that doesn't fucking like you And she can change the game because she's the fucking judge. You can't change the game because you're fucking nobody. You're already proven guilty. And the thing is, I've said this too about Alex Schoen. Don't get so fucking jacked up that you might slip your way out of this civil case. Because you're in the thick of it in the January 6th committee in the DOJ. You were leading a crowd to the Capitol. This is little shit with regards to criminality. The next shit that's coming will put you in fucking jail. So play your games, act arrogant, talk your shit. But it's all coming to an end. It's all coming to an end for you and all those people like you. Now, the scandal over the Pentagon erasing the cell phones of top Trump officials took a bizarre twist on Tuesday when a member of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol revealed she only learned today about the destruction of potential evidence. That was Zoe Lofgren, who was interviewed on CNN, who has experienced in all the modern presidential impeachments uh, after serving as staffer for, during Watergate and a member of Congress during the impeachments of Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. This woman has some experience. What is your reaction to the phones of top Pentagon leadership under Trump that they were wiped, removing January 6th records, she was asked. Zoe Lofgren says, well, it's a tremendous concern to see these various agencies not living up to their obligation to preserve records, Lofgren replied. And especially, wouldn't you think on January 6th there might be something worth preserving and that we would want to know everything about it? And when it comes to the Pentagon records, we can't talk about our interviews. But Colonel Earl Matthews of the D.C. National Guard publicly alleged the generals lied to Congress and that the inspector's general report was erroneous and misleading. I'm not saying that Colonel Matthews is correct, but obviously text messages and all kinds of evidence from the Pentagon would be very important in getting to the bottom of who did what and who knew what on January 6th. Brown asked, was the January 6th Select Committee aware of these deleted Defense Department records prior today? 
Lofgren said, I do not believe so. I was not, which is another concerning matter that this was not disclosed to us by the Department of Defense. Yeah. You know, it starts out with the Secret Service accidentally losing their text. And then the Department of Homeland Security, we're talking about the Pentagon. All these people and all these circumstances couldn't be unfortunate accidents. This is looking more and more like a cover-up. The question is, what are they covering up? And the other thing to consider is that we've known from past history, sometimes the cover-up is more egregious, more blatant, and more criminal than the crime itself. And if we're looking at the Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security, and people in the uh, Pentagon, we're actually covering something up. Because if they're covering up, how bad could this shit be? It's got to be bad. But they're covering it up. There's going to be a lot of people in power going down because you cannot fucking do that. The DOJ is going to be all over their shit. There's a lot of corruption going on in this country. And during, during Donald Trump's tenure in the Department of Defense, in the Pentagon, in, in, in the Secret Service, in Congress... It was rampant. As much as we had a pandemic with COVID, it sounds like corruption was pandemic level in the Trump organization. Now this stuff is going to come to light and people are going to have to be accountable for it. And all this information will be disseminated so all of us know exactly what's going on. And the more we hear about it, the more fucking appalling it is. This is going to cause the Republicans, Donald Trump, the administration, people in Congress, this is going to destroy these people. They're going to come crumbling down. There's no two ways about it. That's the only outcome that can occur. So we're going to watch this very closely. It's going to get ugly, and it needs to get ugly. We need to let out all the bad so we can eradicate it and heal from it. And it sounds like with the the Defense Department, the Pentagon, which is kind of the same thing, uh, Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security, all this shit, there is some serious ass deep corruption in that space. And we need to weed it out and we need to extricate it from our government. Otherwise, in the future, we are fucked. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to sit and listen to me talk my shit. Uh, I want to remind you, because this was late, I have another podcast that I'm going to finish up as soon as I'm done here, and I'm going to put that out too, and it's a good show. It has Ted and, and Jen on the show. They're married. Jen is a nurse. She has some insights about the uh, Roe v. Wade thing. And then we have Ted, who is with the clergy, uh, who is not a radical right clergyman. But uh, he has some great insights about the separation of church and state. So check that podcast out. You have a great day, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.